All right, all right, guys, thank you so much. Um, just, uh, I just wanted to share a little bit more of uh, their story as we get into the word this morning. Um, they're uh, a, a new church, but a church that was going through quite a bit, actually. And um, our gift was to help them actually stay afloat. And you could imagine how humbling it is to call one pastor to another and say, listen, listen, brother, the, the truth is we're having a really tough time keeping our doors open and finances have been really tough. And uh, we know we had that conversation, we talked through and, and several other churches were able to come together. So we were one church of other churches that were able to help them through this time. And so what a blessing because it's, it's, it's about one kingdom. So as we give faithfully here, um, we're able to go and help in so many other places. And one of them was being able to help, um, help them. So um, they were so, we were so grateful for them. Um, with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into the Word. And again, I want to say welcome to church. If you're new, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to serve you and, and bring you the Word this morning. Um, today, we're going to continue on with our message series, uh, The Seven, um, as we've been in the book of Revelation and looking at these first seven churches and what God is saying. And so he writes this letter to each of them, and he's speaking to them about particular things that are going on and what he sees and what he knows. And so if you've missed any of it, please check it out on our podcast or go to our YouTube channel. You can go back, re-watch them. It's some really, really good stuff. And so anytime you get into the book of Revelation, it just, it takes you there. So um, with that being said, let's take a moment to, to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your love and giving us the opportunity to be in your house this morning. God, I just pray your blessing, Father. God, you woke us up and have given us this opportunity, and I just pray that you'd bring your word alive. God, speak to us, minister us, God. God, I pray in some areas, Lord, where we, we need to be convicted. Lord, I pray you'd do that. Help us to see and help us, God, to walk into the right areas, Lord. God, give us strength. Give us encouragement, Lord. Minister to us, God. Help us to feel your presence and your love, God. Let us understand about your mercy and your grace, Lord, and help us to walk hand in hand with you. We love you. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And so today, we take a look at the fourth church of the book of Revelation. And this church is a church that is in the city of Thyatira. Now, I'm going to explain a little bit more about this church and where they're at, but I just want to jump right in. So if you're ready, message notes on the screen. Some of you got it printed out. Let's jump into it. And this is actually closes Revelation chapter 2. So we're looking at verses 18 through 29, and then next week we're in Revelation 3. It says this, To the angel of the church in Thyatira writes, Now, just want to pause there for a second because uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been into this. Now, the angel of the church, what does that mean? We're talking about the spiritual leader of the church. And so God is writing this letter, but he's giving it to the spiritual leader. It's going to be read to the congregation and be spread out. Everyone is going to hear these words. So to the angel of the church in Thyatira. Now, uh, this again, the spiritual leader. Now, Thyatira, what I want you to understand about this particular thing is we are looking at the longest letter to all of the seven churches, the longest letter. And it is written to the smallest city out of all of the, the, the cities that are in this region. And so Thyatira was a military town as well as a commercial center that was made up of many trade guilds, like, you know, uh, crafting, you know, iron and metal and different things like that. And so they, they made, they crafted and constructed all kinds of things. But this is what it says. 
These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, whose feet are like a burnished bronze, right? It would have, the, the people in that city, because of the trade guilds, they would have understand, they would have referenced that particular thing. But here's what I want to point out. In this particular city, they boasted of this temple of Apollo. Apollo is known as the sun god, S-U-N. And so the way Jesus introduces himself, he introduces himself as the, uh, you, have to, you have to go back, you got to go back. As the son of God, S-O-N. This is the only time in the book of Revelation that he is introduced as the son of God. And it's very, it's very intentional. It's intentional because of the temple of Apollo and the sun god. And then it, it, it says this here in verse 19. It says, I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. This is what he tells them. He says, he says listen, church, check it out. I see you. I see that there's been growth. I see that there's been real, genuine faith here. I see that love's happening amongst you. I see you serve your community, and I, and I love it. I see you've dealt with difficult situations, and you've persevered. I see you, church. This is what he says. I see all the good. But then in verse 20, he lays it down for us. He really gives it to us here in verse 20, and 20 through 23. He says this, nevertheless, when you hear nevertheless, you're like, okay, What's about to happen? Well, he says it right here. I have this against you. And anytime you hear words where God is saying, I have this against you, there's something going on, right? There's something that he sees that he knows, something that's happening. He says, listen, I got this. I see the good. Don't get me wrong. I see the good. But don't ever think that I'm going to be a God that's like, listen, uh, you, you know, I, I see all the good, but like, I, I'm just going to turn a blind eye to all the other stuff. I'm not just going to pretend that didn't happen or you're doing that or I'm comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with what's been happening. He's he's not going to be that. He's not going to go against his character. He says, nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. Verse 21. I have given her time to repent of her immorality. Isn't that how God is? That no matter what you're dealing with, he always says, listen, I'm gonna, listen, repent, come home, come home. He doesn't come down with the gavel and just boom. Now that time is coming. But while we got breath, he says, listen, you, you got time to turn it around. Turn it around, come on. I love you. I see the good, turn it around. Whatever that situation is in your life, Turn it around. And he says this about her. I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. Look, no, I don't, I know. I, this is who I, I know. She, that's where she's at. Verse 22, it says this. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Like, that's some heavy stuff. To this church right here, God's like, listen, I see the good, but don't expect me to turn a blind eye to everything else. Like, there's some real stuff happening in your church. Now, let me point out a couple of things here for you. 
In the beginning of the passage, all the way back in, in, in verse 20, it mentions that you tolerate this woman, Jezebel. Within the church, there was a woman who was a self-proclaimed prophetess, right? What does that mean? That means she, she claimed to hear from God, and so she was ministering to people with what she claimed she was hearing from God. Now, most likely her name was not Jezebel because, listen, nobody would name their child Jezebel. Not if they knew what it meant, right? Nobody would, would, would do that. In fact, 900 years before this church, before this letter is written, 900 years and 850 years before Jesus, there was a woman named Jezebel. The, 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 the kingdom of God had been divided and now there was, there was two kingdoms and there was two kings. And one of the kings of the northern tribe, what they did is he married a woman from Tyre. Now, he brought in, this woman was all kind of idolatrous and all kinds of things going on. And, and, and everybody's like, bro, why, why you married her? Like, you could just marry somebody. We all believe in the same thing. But he's like, no, 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 I'm feeling this. I'm feeling, I, like, I, I want to marry her. And so when you bring in that, all of a sudden, his, his, everything is thrown off. She, she, she believed all these things. She, she persecuted the people of God. She led them into immorality, into sexual immorality, and, 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 and she was truly this evil woman. This happens 900 years before this letter is written. This woman's name is, is Jezebel. And so what's happening in this particular church is there's this lady who pops up, and she's doing things, and God's like, ooh, I recognize you. I seen you 900 years ago. Yeah, you're Jezebel. And he just, he calls it for what, he, he's just seeing it. He's just seeing it. <laughs> See, idolatry and compromise in the Bible are pictured as fornication and unfaithfulness in marriage vows. And when it talks about her children, when it talks about her children, what it's talking about is her followers. Because there were people who got into her, got into her ideas. Oh, what? What? Like, you can serve God and do this? What? Are you that for real? And so they followed her. They got into that type of thinking. There's all kinds of religious ideas out there like, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's cool. You can do that. And so these, when it talks about her children, this represents her followers. And God's like, listen, time out. Like, you've done some good, and I get that. But if y'all don't turn it around... I'm about to make an example of you to all the churches because I'm not, a, listen, I'm a God of love. I forgive, like, I, like, I'll give you all the time, like, repent, like, turn to me. You'll find home. You'll find peace, but don't expect me to turn a blind eye to that. Like, you cannot walk in all of that and say you walk in God. You cannot go around and say, listen, the, 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 the sky is actually green. It's not blue, and, and, and just believe in that and just, 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 just walk in that. Verse 24 says this, Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Right? These deep secrets, or this, is, this, this is referencing deceptive promises of spiritual knowledge through false religions. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things out there, I promise you. Verse 25, it says this, except hold on to what you have until I come. Listen, just stay the course. Stay faithful. I'm coming back, Jesus says. Walk with me. 
be hand in hand. Stick to the word of God. Don't listen to those ideas out there. I'm coming back. Verses 26 through 28 says this, to the one who is victorious and who does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my father. Verse 28, and I will give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, says to the churches. I want to point out something here. Verse 28, I will also give that one the morning star. Now, the morning star is referencing Jesus. If you can, write this down. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. Go back and read that on your own. In here is where we see the picture of who Jesus is. Now, however, in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, we see Lucifer. And his name actually means brightness or bright star. He is cast out of heaven because he wants to receive the worship that God is getting. Let's read that passage there in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. It says this, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. And again, he's talking to this church and he's telling them, listen, some of you, have, you've, been, you've been fooled by Jezebel and her stuff and, and, and you've been into the Satan's so-called deep secrets, but I want you to know who the real morning star is. And here we are, as he's written this letter, he says a lot of good, but because of compromise, you're in some big trouble. Get it together. My love is for you. My forgiveness is real, and it's yours now. But you got to walk this out. you got to walk it out. And isn't that how compromise happens? Isn't that how compromise happens in, in, in our life? For the sake of someone else or for the sake of something else, because I just want to experience that. Like I just, I just want to know what it's like to, to do that or to participate in that. For the sake of something else, we are willing to lower our standards. We, we, we're willing to do what we wouldn't normally do. We're willing to be okay with what we wouldn't normally be okay with. You know, when I first got married to my lovely wife, you know, you get married, it's like some things change. You know, it's, it's not how you were when you were single. Come on, somebody. Like, you know, it's, it's a little different. So uh, I, I, I remember I first got married, and, and uh, you know, I was, um, you know, I, I went to the restroom, and the, the toilet paper was like, I, I, my whole life I, I have it like it comes over the top. I stepped in, and all of a sudden it was coming out the bottom. I was like, okay, I'll fix it. Not a big deal, you know. So I fix it, put it back like it was coming over the top. The next day, I come back, and it's back under the bottom. I'm like, oh, no, we got to talk about this. You know, in marriage, there's all kinds of things that you got to work for the common good, right? Not a big deal, right? But you, you work them out, right? It's, it's about the two of you growing together. And so you, you get on the same page. You're willing to do that. Love is willing to sacrifice. But what it's talking about here this morning is a whole different compromise. God's like, listen, you can't compromise your morals or your standards or what the word of God says in the truth. You can't compromise that. The truth is the truth. You, there, there's, there's no compromising that. See, 
How does, and what we're going to talk about here this morning is, how does compromise happen? How do you even get to the place where you're doing what isn't right for the sake of maybe that person or for the sake of that experience? How does compromise happen? Because that's what happened here in this church. That's why God is like, listen, listen, if you don't get it together, I'm going to put, I'm going to make you an example to everybody. How does compromise happen? How do I find myself in a situation where I'm willing to do something for the sake of experiencing something or doing it for someone? Well, there's one thing, really one point that I want to share with you today. We're really going to just land here. And one thing that God stirred in my heart, one thing that I see happening here in this church, one thing, and that is the absence of discernment. The absence of discernment. This, 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 this is huge. The absence of discernment. The absence of something means it's not present. It's not where it should be or could be in your life. It's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not there, right? This, this, this understanding is not there. I have a friend who's, whose mom really likes Starbucks city mugs. Did you know that? You can go to Starbucks and every different Starbucks, you can get a mug that has the city of it. Did you, did you know that? Well, I, you know, I've been going to some different cities, and they'll hit me up. Hey, you know what? I'll give you the money. Can you go and, uh, you know, get me the, the, the mug from that particular city in that Starbucks? And I'm like, hey, you know, I'll get it for you. And, and, and so I'll bring it back, and they're like, oh, it's great. And, 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 and this particular, she, she's got all these Starbucks city mugs from different cities, and she's got some ones that she really, really hopes to collect. But maybe it's, it's, it's like that for you. Maybe, maybe you, you, you got all your, your action figures and, and your Ninja Turtles and, or, 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 or your Barbies and you got all your collection of all your stuff and there's all the things you want and then you got a space for something and it's empty and it's not there, right? And you know that you're missing that one thing, right? You're, you're missing. It could be your, your Packers gear or your, your Cowboys stuff and you got your, your thing and it's, it's missing. You're like, man, I really, really want to get that I want to get that. So you know something's missing. You know that there's something you want to get to fulfill your collection. Like, and you get it, and it's going to be complete. That, that's finally going to be it. You know something's missing. You see, when someone lacks discernment, they don't know. They don't see the issue with it. They don't see the problem with it. Now, you could tell them, and maybe sometimes they'll get it. You can come to him and talk to him. Listen, brother, I want to point this out to you. Listen, sis, I got to talk. Listen, this is what's happening. This is what you, it's kind of happened in your life. But I want you to see this so you can see it. Right? Sometimes they'll get it and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. So they, 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 they lack the gift of discernment. They don't know the effects of the decisions they're making. Now, does that excuse them because of the decision? No, not absolutely at all. No, 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 no. Right? There's always consequences to our actions. That's not what I'm saying talking in a very spiritual sense they don't know the effects of the decisions they're making you might say well listen listen that 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 brother he just got a few screws loose but this is something different this is something different you see discernment means the ability to judge well it means the ability to judge well see our assumption is that everyone's been given this ability or or has and this is important or has fine-tuned the ability to judge well. See, the Bible says it this way in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. It says, solid food is for the mature. 
who through training, someone say training, have the skill, someone say skill, to recognize the difference between right and wrong. What? You, you have to have through training, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong? Shouldn't everyone just be able to recognize right and wrong? See, what I'm telling you and what the Bible is telling you is that not everyone can see when they're being fooled. Not everyone, I mean, they'll just, you, you know, they'll get caught up with, with popular opinion or make excuses for why this is okay or why it's tolerated in my life and it's, it's just okay. I'm, 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 it's because I'm young. It, or, or it's because so-and-so did it and it, it, makes it, it makes it okay. See, the gift of discernment is the ability, the spiritual ability to discern, to be able to see and recognize what it is for what it is. And there are all kinds of ideas out there. There are all kinds of popular opinions trying to infuse what they believe into Christianity. They say, I follow God and I do this. You know, and, and God loves me and God sees what I do, so he's okay with it. And so, you know, and, and, and they got like a million followers on Instagram, so it must be okay. And, 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 and so God's okay with me. You know, Satan uses these type of ideas to pick off the weak. You know, it's like the sheep out in the, the fields and there's the, the wolves out there and they're just looking. They ain't trying to get the big one, right? They're, they're trying to get the little one that's kind of, you know, behind. The little one that's kind of, when they make the turn, he's, he's just there on the side, they'll come up and, and run and, and they try to pick off the little one to pick off those who lack the spiritual maturity. The Bible says this, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, this is his dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Would you say that with me? Do not believe every spirit. That's it. Pastor, are you saying that I shouldn't take so-and-so at their word? That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, Pastor, they got a radio show. Pastor, they got a YouTube channel. They got a lot of followers on social media. They must be telling the truth. Certainly they must be. See, this was the problem with the church in Thyatira. This, this was their problem. They loved God. But because, but some of them began to compromise the truth because of lack of discernment. So, someone popped up in their church and said, listen, listen, you can keep your faith and you can do these other things to fit in with the people. We have the, the big temple of Apollo here and, and, and they do all this you know, sexual immorality and all these things to worship the sun god and all these things. You can do them. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a prophetess. Uh, I, I, God speaks to me and I'm telling you that God said this. It's cool. You, you can do this. Some of the people are like, yeah. Are you sure? Are you, are, 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 are you really? Well, that sounds right. Must be right. And it began to be like a plague amongst the believers. It, it just spread. See, they didn't test every spirit. Go back to that verse in 1 first, first John 4, 1. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test. Someone say, test. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Listen, when you hear the Bible talk about false prophets, it's, you're, they're not going to have a name tag that says, I'm a false prophet. 
right? I, I mean, I mean, I mean, sometimes that I mean that's what we think. Everybody else must be right. All these people are speaking in the name of God. They must be right. I'm looking for the one that has the name tag. This is false prophet. That, that's not how it works. But God tells us over and over in his word, many false prophets have gone out into the world and they're trying to lead the people of God astray. And they'll come and they got the right words and the right look and the right amount of followers and all these things, but they're saying something that isn't what the word of God is saying. All right, what is the word of God saying? What, what is the truth? That's the truth we stand on. That's the truth we build our lives on. That's the truth we raise our kids in. This was the problem here. They lacked discernment. They could not see this. All kinds of people claiming, I, I'm a Christian, yeah, just come follow me, and we get to do this too. There are some people in this life that they, they, they sound right. They, they look right, but they are not from God. And training in the gift of discernment means testing what the person says testing what they're giving permission to. How do we test? How do we do that? By measuring everything by the Word of God. We measure everything by the Word of God. That's how we evaluate. That's how we look. You open it up and the Word of God speaks on everything. It'll lead you and guide you in everything. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it says this, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. See, what's being said out there? What, 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 what ideas are out there? What popular opinions? What are, what are people giving permission to do? It's, it's okay. I can walk with Jesus and do this. Compare it to the living, active Word of God. Let me tell you this. God is good. Listen, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Amen. All the time, all the time. Come on, somebody. But let me tell you, God is good. Some think, well, you know, walking with God means I, I, I get to have no fun. I mean, he just takes away everything. Like, I, I get to have no fun. I'll tell you, there's so much joy. There's so much peace. There's so much satisfaction. When you get to understand the love of God, the freedom there is in Christ is just amazing. Everything you want, I mean the fulfillment of what your soul really longs for in the presence of God. I mean, there's this backwards idea, and don't think for one second that that's not from Satan himself, who disguises himself with this, with this idea, oh, God doesn't want you to have any fun, and then that's the idea that spreads. Instead of the idea of spreading that God is good and that there's freedom in Christ and that you will experience a satisfaction that will fill you up like you've never been filled up before. I mean, that's what we want to spread, but what gets spread? Ah, God doesn't want you to have any fun. Like you, or you can walk with God and do this. I mean, God accepts me, so it's okay. Like, I mean, that's what people hear. So we come before the Lord in humility. God, listen, I just, I want to walk in you. I want to be about you. God, help us, help us. God is simply warning us from what brings destruction to us. I was like, listen, there's a big pitfall. There's a cliff on the other side of that. I don't want you. I love, why would I want you to walk off that cliff? Why would I want you to, I don't, we don't. 
if you know something was going to hurt one of your loved ones, would, 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 you just, would you just affirm them? Ah, yeah, that's fine. You're good. You're good. God, love, God, it'll be fine. But you know that's about to hurt them. Would you just do that? Or, or, or would, you, would, you, uh, would you warn them from what's about to come? God's simply warning us from what brings destruction to us. You don't need to go through that heartache again, that same drama again. You know how that, 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 that thing and, and way it makes you feel and it, you feel like it's great when it happens and afterwards you're a mess? Like what? Why do you want to go through that again? Why do you want to be a part of that? Why do you want to even be dealing with those addictions? Why do you want to be playing with those demons? This is just not even in my notes, but the thought just popped into my head. You, you, you ever you pass by the bar and it says spirits here? Or your alcohols have been rare and the spirits here? Okay, I, listen, just, just so that we're clear this morning. Listen, when you invite and put in you, you are inviting, you're opening yourself up for spirits, evil spirits, demonic things. You're just saying, okay. If it makes your mind feel a certain way, if it changes kind of, what are you, invi you're inviting something in. There, there's a reason it's, it's called that. See, the wrong path leads to destruction both physically and spiritually. And I get it, we're on the journey. We're trying to grow in Jesus. We're trying to be more like him. We're, we're trying to be a church that's about it. We're, that, that's, that's what we're, we're working towards. But compromise hinders that because we're just like man yeah you know hey it's not a big deal may we be a church that practices discernment you know there's a moment in the old testament of the bible that i love absolutely love this king david has he's he's passed away and um, his son solomon is is now crowned the new king and you know he's, he's you know as king you got all the power you got all the authority you you, you you're, you're the person but he, this, this brother, he humbles himself before the Lord and asks God for this. I want you to see this in 1 Kings 3.9. We're, we're getting ready to close here. I, I want you to see this. This is his prayer. The guy got all the power, all the authority, all the, anything he can want. He says this, Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, who is able to govern this, your great people? And as he goes into this position, his heart and his mind is, God, would, 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 you, would you give me the ability to discern? And that needs to be our prayer request this morning. No matter how long you've been walking with God, God, would you give me that ability to discern? God, I'm walking into this new season of life. God, would you give me the ability to discern? Evil from good, God. I know, God, when I elevate, when you elevate me, God, there's, there's, there's Satan's going to try and attack me in a new way. God, would you give me the ability to discern evil from good? God, help me to choose you. Help me to see clearly so that when I make my choice, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Let me say this real quick to the older believers. And, and not necessarily older because of your age, but let me say this to the more mature believers. I'm calling you. I'm asking you this morning. Don't be comfortable with with maybe you figured things out or you got it or you know it and you're you're there and 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 that so i want you to know that the enemy will use that the enemy will use that and i also want to encourage you help the younger believers and, may, and maybe that's an age thing but maybe that's not an age thing 
you know, we're all at different places in our journey and our walk with Christ, but more mature believers, I'm calling you today. Would you encourage and help the younger believers? Would you minister and love them? Would you show them the way? Would you, would you speak life into them? Listen, you remember what it was like being there. You remember all the, the pitfalls and the, and, 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 the, and the temptations and all the things to get to the place of maturity. You know that they're dealing with those things. Encourage them, help them, come alongside them. And young believers, I'm calling you to be humble. Be humble and be honest about the struggles that you're dealing with. Now, as a young believer, as a, as a new believer, there's all kinds of things that you're still trying to work out and trying to figure out and how to get there. It can't just be a smile on your face. Hey, how are you? Good. God bless you. Okay, that's good. And, and then that's it. Be honest about what's going on inside. Let, let, let this be a family of love. Let this be a church that we're moving down the same direction. Listen, we don't have halos on our head. We're, we're walking. We're trying to. There should be this progress. And may we have a spirit of discernment in each and every one of us to, to see evil and good. Help each other out. When we fall, pick somebody up. We're in this together. Together, let's overcome and make sure that, huh, that Jezebel doesn't try and find her way in here. Come on, somebody. So here's the challenge, here's the challenge. Would you simply just ask God for discernment and expose any excuses? Just ask God. May that be our prayer this morning. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your love in our life. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing and the way that your word speaks to us. God exposes things that maybe have been in the dark or God, maybe we've made excuses for but we see this letter that you've written to this church in Thyatira, God, and what you desire to do in them. God, would we take this example, Lord, and apply it to ourselves and help us to be a church, Lord, that, that doesn't compromise for the sake of trying to fit in or for popular opinion or, 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 or to experience something that we've never experienced and always want. God, would we, would we simply choose you? Would your love fill us, Lord? God, we come before you with repentant hearts, with humble hearts, and we say, God, forgive us. Forgive us for the wrong. Forgive us for the excuses. Help us to choose you and enjoy the freedom in you. Understand the satisfaction of walking in you, Lord. You are good. Help us to be a church, Lord, where our mature believers help the, the younger believers, and the younger believers are honest and open about their journey. And together, help us, Lord, to move forward. Father, we thank you. We love you. We serve you, God. We are humbled by your presence. Nobody looking around, maybe you're here this morning and say, the truth is, I haven't been walking with God. I want to, though. I hear what you're saying, and I, I want to turn it around. Today, I want to do that. I wasn't sure about that when I came, but now I know I, I want to. I, I want Jesus in my life. I really want to be a genuine, true Christ follower. And if that's you, would you quickly just put up your hand and then down. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. A few of us this morning. Anybody else? Let's, let's pray. But church, I want you to understand, more mature believers, there's three people that just raised their hand. I want you to come alongside them. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. 
Thank you, God, for your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace. God, who, how, God, I, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, we don't deserve it, but you come and your arms are open and you say, repent. And so here we are, God, in all humility, God, forgive us. We choose you. We want you. We want to walk with you. We want to be a genuine Christ follower. Help us, Father. Help us. Would you strengthen your church? God, I pray your mercy and your grace over those who raise their hand. I pray, God, that they would accept you into their heart. They would confess with their mouth that, that, that they love you, that they believe you are who you say you are, that you are the Son of God, that you did pay the price for our sins, that you did raise on the third day, and that you are now seated on the right hand of the Father. Oh, Father, we give you glory. We thank you. May they receive the gift of eternal life. We love you. We bless you. In the mighty and in the precious name of Jesus Christ, we all pray. Amen.